Happy New Year, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Hawkeye Talk with Jimmy Hawk. Going to talk strictly about the Hawkeye's bowl win, the TransPerfect, whatever that is, Music City Bowl in Nashville, Tennessee. It looked like a blast for those fans that were there. I'm jealous. Uh, the Hawkeyes advanced to 8-5. and five. The Kentucky Wildcats of the SEC dropped to 7-6, and six, and the Hawkeyes did it with a smothering defense. Just absolutely dominated Kentucky's offense. The Hawkeyes didn't do a lot offensively themselves, but didn't make any big mistakes, and, and that was one of the big keys in this game. You knew going in, this was going to be a defensive battle. The over-under for this game was 31, and that's the lowest point total for a game going back to 2000. And both teams had guys either that opted out, when you're talking Kentucky, uh, opted out of the bowl game to get ready for the NFL draft or with the Hawkeyes, maybe transfer portal, um, injuries, those sort of things on the offensive side of the ball. So the defenses definitely had the leg up here, and you knew that they were going to be tough to beat. Uh, you know, you, you, Both teams were going to have tough, a tough time beating those defenses and moving the ball against them. The Hawkeyes' first bull shutout since 1996, and that's the second time in history the Hawkeyes have blanked a team in a bowl game, and the first ever shutout for any team in the Music City Bowl. So great job by Iowa and Phil Parker's defense. Kirk Ferentz is now 10-9 and nine in bowl games. I believe he's tied with Joe Paterno is what I saw for the most ever bowl wins by a Big Ten coach. Kirk just keeps racking up these records. And let's run through Kentucky's possessions as far as how they ended. In this game, they had they started with four punts, and then a pick six, two more punts, and then a pick six, three punts, a turnover on downs, a punt, a turnover on downs. Never got in the red zone, never attempted a field goal or anything in this game. Just just a, a such a good defensive performance by the Hawkeyes. There's only a few a handful of plays that I want to talk about in this game for the Hawkeyes. You know, offensively, it was up and down. I liked the way. The Hawkeyes came out to start the game, though. That first drive, Joey Labus, they had him running uh, RPOs, run pass options. They had a lot of motion in the backfield. First play was a pass completed to Deontay Vines for 11 yards and a first down. Then a pass to Sam LaPorta for 14 yards and a first down. And then three passes in a row, this, one, this time to Luke Lachey for 12 yards. And the Hawkeyes are in Kentucky territory. So I, th I thought that was a great way to really get Joe Labus comfortable back there. And by him completing those passes, I mean, it was a pretty impressive start. And then they, they ran a couple of nice plays. Uh, Joey Labus run for three yards uh, on this drive and his first drive of the game. And then Nico Regani on a jet sweep for five yards. Third and two. Caleb Johnson running between the tackles, and there was just nothing there all day between the tackles. Very little. I mean, two, three yards maybe. And then <clears throat> incomplete pass on fourth down from Labus to Sam Laporta. But it was encouraging to, to see the Hawkeyes moving the ball to start the game. And they didn't move the ball a whole lot after that, to be honest with you. There were several punts. And then the Hawkeyes, you know, I mean, Torrey Taylor was having such a great game pinning Kentucky back 
deep in their territory. And after a, a short 34-yard short punt by Kentucky, the Hawkeyes had great field position at the 42-yard line of Kentucky and scored in just two plays. Uh, Joey Labus pass to Sam Laporta that went for 27 yards all the way down to the Kentucky 15-yard line. And he was breaking tackles. He was making cuts on guys. He looked like George Kittle out there. I mean, he really did the way he was just shaking defenders off and, and rambling down the field. Uh, he said after the game that it's he couldn't believe it was only 27 yards. He thought he ran for a lot more than that. He said it felt like he was running forever. And then the touchdown on the next play, Joey Labus to Luke Lachey. And, and what a great play by Lachey as he, he dove to the pylon, stayed inbounds, and the Hawkeyes were up seven to nothing and just unbelievable the very next play the first play of the next drive for Kentucky Destin Wade looks left looks down the middle he throws it to Xavier Wampa for a 52 yard interception return for a touchdown Wampa just looked like a gazelle out there I mean the the pass really sailed on Wade and it hit Wampa right in the gut and but he looked fast running down the field. And I love seeing the Hawkeyes' defense. As soon as there's a turnover, they all just turn and look and take off running the other way, try to find a guy to block. And, and boy, the Hawkeyes have a good one for at least the next couple of years in Xavier Wampa. Uh, he, he looked really good out there all day. Well, after a few more punts, a couple punts by each team, the Hawkeyes got another interception touchdown and man Destin Wade you know he was looking to one side of the field and and then when he looked the other way and saw the open wide receiver he didn't know that Cooper DeGene was just sitting there waiting and as soon as as Wade started throwing the ball Cooper hit the Jets stepped in front of the pass ran it 14 yards in for a touchdown Uh, Kentucky had the ball thrown seven so it was just a short little run in for the touchdown untouched by Cooper DeGene. And he was he was honored after the game as the MVP. He had seven tackles and a pick six and a tackle for loss. He just he just continues to get better and better. He's just an impressive athlete out of small town Iowa. Well it's twenty one to nothing at this point, going into halftime, you figure the Hawkeyes are just gonna sit on it, not really do anything. They've got the twenty one point lead. They don't want to don't want to mess up, and, and they were just trying to run the ball after that. But after having just virtually no success whatsoever running the ball, they started passing later on in the second half and putting together, you know, small drives at least instead of three and outs and and hit on a couple of nice plays and actually almost had a touchdown to Luke Lachey. Um, just pass sailed just over his outstretched arm right down at the goal line. Joey Labus. That would have been fun if that would have hit. And then Jazzy and Patterson almost almost broke one. He had a couple of nice runs late. So that's all it took for the Hawkeyes. Just a, a complete defensive domination. Uh, defensive effort that was just dominating for the Hawkeyes. And a 21 to nothing victory over Kentucky. There were a few interesting statistics in this game. Mostly around how neither team could get much going offensively. Both teams with 10 first downs 
And it's just, you look at the third down efficiency. This is just amazing. The Hawkeyes were 0 of 11 on third down. Fourth down efficiency, 0 of 2. And 206 total yards for the Hawkeyes. Kentucky on the other side, 2 of 18 on third downs. But they were 3 of 5 on fourth down. So they did, they did convert a little bit on fourth down. Just 185 total yards. So the Hawkeyes at 206, Kentucky at 185 total yards in the game. Pretty amazing there. Neither team was penalized a ton, two for Iowa and, and three for Kentucky. And time of possession, 34 minutes for Kentucky, 26 for the Hawkeyes. And Hawkeyes just really struggled the whole day in that run game. Joey Labus, you know, I, first start for him, third-string quarterback until a few weeks ago. I think he did a good job. He was 14 of 24, 139 yards, one touchdown. He missed a, he missed a few guys. You know, he missed some some plays, some passes that I think he, he would like to have back. But for his first start, I really liked what he did out there. I like what he brings as far as the RPOs, uh, being able to, to tuck the ball and run a little bit. He had four carries for 11 yards. That's just under a three-yard average, so nothing – Nothing huge there, but we're used to seeing the quarterbacks with five carries for minus 23 yards or something like that. And instead of him hurting the Hawkeyes and putting them in a hole, he was able to scramble, move around a little bit, and, and not put the Hawkeyes in any big holes. Rushing, as I mentioned, just, just a struggle running the ball. Jazzy and Patterson was the leading rusher. He had four carries for 23 yards, but that mostly came towards the end of the game. Caleb Johnson, nine for 17. And that was about it. Sam Laporta did carry the ball a couple times for six yards. Uh, he lined up in the Wildcat. And one time he handed it off to, to Caleb Johnson. The other time, other two times, he tried to run it. That didn't work, but it was really interesting to see. I thought it was kind of fun to see our, our tight end. We're tight end you. Why can't you put your tight end at quarterback every now and then, right? I, I thought it was fun. And then there were a couple of jet sweeps in this game. Not a whole lot of. Not a whole lot of uh, production on those either. When it came to receiving, Sam Laporta, man, we're going to miss him. He was a heck of a tight end uh, his, his four years at Iowa. Five catches, 56 yards. And the big 27-yarder that set up the touchdown by Luke Lachey, who had three catches for 36 yards, 15-yard touchdown. And a couple of wide receivers got involved. Deontay Vines and Nico Regani each with a couple of catches. So that was good to see. Nico had a had a really nice catch. I should call him Ragaini now. I'm on board with Ragaini. And a couple of passes to the, the, the running backs. And the Hawkeyes just have struggled to get any running back screens going this year. They've had a, quite a bit of luck with the tight end middle screen from time to time. But... The running back screens, just they need to work on that. I mean, I'd love to get, get LaShawn Williams, Jazzy and Patterson, uh, Caleb Johnson out in space and get them the ball, but it seems like every time the Hawkeyes do it, they're, they're, there's a guy on them right away. So overall, you know, not a great offensive day, but we weren't expecting much uh, based on how this season's gone and, and with, with what the Hawkeyes were playing with there. But I think they, they did a good job overall. No big mistakes, and that was just huge. 
Defensively, Jack Campbell was the leading tackler with 10. And, man, I just have to say condolences to him and his family with his grandpa passing away the night before the game. Uh, he didn't find out about it until after the game. He was hit by a vehicle crossing the street in Nashville. Just just really sad. I really feel for them. Um, also, man, it's just Kirk, Kirk Ferentz getting really emotional over, over Jack and and – and just the senior class and, and some of the things that, that they – he mentioned Dallas Craddock, you know, the guy that's entering the transfer portal, made a huge hit on special teams, and, and just what a great senior he is. And, and uh, Sam Laporta, another great senior. But, man, Kirk was really emotional after this one. I mean, he we're kind of used to it, but I think he he may have broken his record for the number of times uh, crying in a postgame. Xavier Wampa, what a game by him. Eight tackles, the pick six in his debut uh, as a starter. Just awesome. I can't wait to see what he does next year. Seth Benson had a nice game, seven tackles, as did Cooper DeGene and Cooper with the other pick six. And and just one other guy I want to mention. I mean, there's you know so many guys doing their thing out there, great defense. But Deontay Craig, four tackles. He had a sack and three and a half tackles for loss. I mean, what a what a nice game by him, and, and he continues to get better and better as well. But in this game, four sacks for the Hawkeyes, 11 tackles for loss. The interceptions, you know, that was that was really ball game, those, those two pick sixes. Uh, having the defense score like that was was pretty – I mean, that, that's all they needed. And – Cooper DeGene, you know, another thing he does is returns punts. He had a 34-yard punt return. He is just so talented out there. No field goals for the Hawkeyes. Drew Stevens just perfect on three extra points. But Torrey Taylor, I got to talk about him a little bit. He punted eight times, six inside the 20. Four were inside the 10-yard line. One of his his best games as a Hawkeye, I think. Cooper DeGene downed one, what, at the two-yard line or something like that. He had a couple more that, that were down at the seven-yard line. And he had a 48-yard average on the day as well. But he just was pinning Kentucky deep. And and when they – I mean, they had to go the full length of the field. They had to get a lot of yards to have any chance at, at kicking a field goal. And and Torrey Taylor, just a master masterful performance by him and – he said after the game that he is coming back for one more season. A lot of people thought he might be going pro, but that is not the case. Torrey Taylor will be back in the Hawkeye uniform next year. He said he really thinks they're going to have a really special team, and he wants to be a part of it. And sign me up for that. I mean, he is a weapon out there. If the Hawkeyes can get this offense going, I know they're going to have a great defense again next year. Great special teams with Drew Stevens and Torrey Taylor back. They just need a couple more pieces for that offense. So I was just really proud of this team. 21 to nothing, shutting out Kentucky. Just just thought that they did, did a really good job overall. Offensively, the biggest disappointment was the inability to run between tackles. And I think that's going to lead to the Hawkeyes going to the transfer portal. I know they're they're kicking the tires on a few guys right now, but I think they need to get a couple of offensive linemen, some some real, you know, guys with a mean streak 
that are not going to lose those one-on-one battles. I thought way too often Kentucky defensive linemen were just streaking into the backfield, barely even being touched. And, and I just don't understand how that can still be happening at this point in the season. So keep an eye out for that. See if that happens. Also, wide receiver. You know, I like Deontay Vines, Brody Brecht when healthy. Uh, Nico Ragaini is coming back for his sixth year. He's going to be turning 24 in a few days. Um, you know, they've got some young guys, Jacob Bostic, for example, but they need to get a couple of portal guys. They need to build their depth on that in that wide receiver room. And it sounds like they're they're doing pretty good with one guy and a couple other guys they're still they're still going after. So that's going to be really interesting to see. The pieces are coming together. You've got Cade McNamara at quarterback, Eric All at tight end. Now we know, you know, we've got Joey Labus, if something were to happen to Cade McNamara as well, who could step in and, and do an acceptable job there. So they really need wide receivers and they need to, to pick it up in that offensive line room as well. Defensively, man, I, I think next year is going to be so stellar. We're not sure if Noah Shannon's coming back for a sixth year. He's moving on. I assume John Wagner's moving on. Um, Lucas Van Ness. There's been some talk of him potentially going to the NFL, but I'd like to see him come back and and have a huge year and and be a first-rounder potentially next year, early second round. Um, I just think that the defensive line, even if they do lose a couple guys, they've recruited so well on the line the last couple of years that they're going to be set there. And then special teams, I mentioned, just just absolutely loaded on special teams. So this should be a special season in 2023. I'm really looking forward to it. Just interested to see what happens as far as leadership of this offense. Who's going to be the offensive coordinator? Is it going to be Brian Ferentz? Are they moving on? Is he going to step down? You know, the offense has not performed well. Under Brian Ferentz, I'd like to see a change there. Uh, But we'll have to wait and see what happens and and see what happens with the rest of the staff as well. And Kirk Ferentz, you know, just I'm really happy for him to get this win. It was a a rough season. It's one of those that was, I think when you look back on this season, you're going to say, how did we not get nine wins or ten wins? All we needed was a decent offense, not a great offense. Even a below-average offense, we'd get nine wins, maybe ten, because the defense was just that good. But the offense struggled so mightily throughout the season. So they need to get that fixed for next year, and I know they're going to be working hard on it. And and I like the stuff that I've heard Cade McNamara say about why he's coming to Iowa. So... Again, congratulations, Hawkeyes. 21 to nothing, a shutout over an SEC Kentucky team. And, and I'm really happy for those guys. They got to go out that way, and, and it was an entertaining game to watch. So now let's see what can happen with basketball. It's been a struggle. Uh, I'll see what goes on tonight and then uh, probably do a podcast here in, in, in the next week or so. But happy new year again, everybody, and go Hawks!